my name is Hayden Raymer. Uh, I'm joined as always by my lovely friend and co-host Jeremy Lapidus. And uh, you know, thanks for joining us. As always, you know, we're here in in the clubhouse uh, with the Nats report. You know, talking about the latest happenings with the Nationals. Uh, we have a lot to go over today. Uh, it's been a busy past few days, uh, news-wise. Uh, for those of you at home, uh, Jeremy and I have come up with a beautiful new schedule where you guys should be able to get, you know, your Nats uh, news a little bit more consistently from us. Uh, sorry for leaning back and forth. My cat decided right before we started doing the show to hop right in front of me and wants all the pets. Uh, but no, we have a new format uh, when it comes to time. Uh, it's going to be uh, Thursdays, Thursday nights. Uh, somewhere between 9.30 and 10.30 uh, when we'll be starting. And then uh, on Sunday nights at 7.30, we'll be doing the show. Uh, and this should hopefully be provide us a little bit more consistency where you, you know you guys get to see get two episodes a week. Uh, and it's less hopefully less series-focused, uh, which I think will you know give you guys a better product, which is always good. Uh, Jeremy, before we dive in uh, to all this news, uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Football's back. I'm excited. I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but football's back. It's it's uh, funny, uh, Jeremy. I don't know if you saw uh, the official Nats Report account retweeted uh, my little tweet. Uh, and it said, not watching football. Uh, come watch our show instead. Uh, <laughs> and here we are starting the show late so you can watch football. Uh well, it's halftime was like 30 seconds away, okay? Uh, 30 seconds away, coming. that means five minutes <laughs> in football. <laughs> this is... Why do you think people don't right, watch football? You know that Well, you know, I did this strategically so people would come and watch our show at halftime. Okay, there you go. Uh, here, speaking <laughs> of watching the show, uh, let me quick quote. Uh, we are live. Hop on in. Uh, let me quick do that. I probably should have done that anyway. Do, but, we uh, a, do we have a special guest, Hayden? Do we have a special guest? I don't know. The, the, that message sounds like we have a special guest. Do we? No, 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 no. I mean, my cat. Nice. My cat's not <laughs> usually here. Yeah, so last time we talked, we had... Uh, was right before the Marlins series. Is that correct? Or was it the series before that? Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, they just started playing the audio of our stream. Uh, the Marlins series, let me double check. I honestly, it's been a minute. I do not remember when the last time we talked. There's been a lot that's, you know, like I said, happened uh, since then. <laughs> uh, I probably should have had that up. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, let's see. Episodes. Last thing we talked about was... Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays series, apparently. Yep. So it was the one, the one before that Marlins series that we got, uh, we got swept in. Yeah. No, I mean it. It the Nats just didn't play good baseball in that series. I'm gonna be completely honest. Uh, yeah. Uh, they haven't been good against the Marlins all year. Other than that one series that was directly before the, the Blue Jays series, they just have not been able to play good baseball against the Marlins all season. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was right after the series was over, but I know, like, right after the series was over, if you removed 
the two teams playing against each other, the Nats had a better record than the Marlins, which was funny. <laughs> uh, so uh, I we know what's on uh, Rizzo's to do list uh, next this off season, uh, which is uh, Marlins. <laughs> figure out how to beat the Marlins. <laughs> uh, that's what we're gonna spend all off season long doing, uh, while the other teams try to figure out how to beat us, because you know we're 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 a super team. Just better, yeah, yeah. super team. No. You see that Harrisburg lineup? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, Jeremy, we have so much to talk about. Where do you want to start? Uh, do we want to talk about this Strasburg stuff? Do you want to talk about this front office stuff? Uh, do you want to talk let's more about start, the games? Let's start with the let's let's start with the let's start with the up top stuff and work our way down to to game to to player level. You know, okay. you know, okay. start. Start at start at the the top of that stadium. What's what's going on up there? In the front office. Okay, so yeah. I mean, it's been crazy. Uh, we've seen twelve people, uh, have been told that they're not going to renew their contracts after the season ends. Uh, this comes. Uh, the report broke on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, broke on Wednesday. And this came five days, four or five days after Johnny DePolgia, uh came out that he uh, was resigning uh, from his position as director of international scouting. Uh, and we've seen a lot of these members of his department kind of get, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, canned. Uh, we've seen players, I mean not players, but members from the, you know, pro, we've seen a pro scout. Uh, been told they're not coming back. We've seen a bunch of special assistants told they're not coming back. Uh, there were two new more names today uh, that were announced, so we're up to 12 people. I don't know what department those people were in, but, you know, it's it's weird. Uh, this comes at the same time also that, you know, Mike Rizzo has, you know, there's been reports that he has a contract. There's been reports that he doesn't have a contract extension yet. Uh, after, you know, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, for lack of better terms, after this season. So, it's just a really weird situation. Uh, when it comes to the international side, uh, there's an argument to be made. There's an explanation that's kind of easy and apparent to see. Uh, it might not be the actual explanation, but, you know, the DSL Nationals, uh, the Dominican Summer League, uh, that's where all your international amateurs at the Nat sign play. Uh that team went 11 and 39 this year. Uh, they were, you know, they had a run differential of 140. They were like historically bad. Uh, mm -hmm. If you've been following the minors, a lot of people kind of knew this already. But to the general fan, you don't, you know, you, well, why do you care what the DSL Nationals do? Most people don't. Uh, it was just really bad. In fact, they were the second worst team in all of the DSL, like summer league, uh, with the only team that was worse than them. Uh, if I remember correctly, let me pull it up. See if I can find the team. Oh no, they had the worst record, uh, but they were, didn't have the worst run differential. Uh, that belonged to the DSL uh, Padres Brown. Which so the Padres split their DSL teams, and so the second team had a you know was the terrible one, and their best team, uh, their other one 
was the uh, one of the best teams in the entire league. So they, I guess they put all their scrubs on the Brown squad. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much, but a very bad performance, and I, I, I don't know what's causing these changes. Uh, Jeremy, do you have any thoughts or? Um, well, you always hope that the changes for for the good. You know, we've talked a little bit in the past about just the Nats organization as a whole not embracing analytics, and maybe this is a change that's coming. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and that's about all the optimism I can pour into that. But yeah, uh, obviously, when uh, your system is the uh, when your team is the worst in any league, that's not good. Uh, especially, I mean, I mean, not really especially there, but like, it's important to have those organizations showing up, especially with a team that at least with its more recent moves, seems like they're ready to start build towards winning again. You want to have a good farm system at all levels at that point, you know? Um, so that's a little concerning, but maybe this is for the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, just further context to add, I guess. Uh, one, uh, Jesse uh, Daughtry, I believe I'm saying his last name correctly. Uh, feel free to... Uh, yell at me, uh, Jesse, uh, the Washington Post, uh, reported that there are more change or more, uh, turnover and layoffs coming, uh, to the organization. I guess now the question is, how do we fill these holes? Because uh, you can't just cut all these roles and then just not refill them. Hopefully, they're bringing in fresh eyes, a new mindset. And then additionally, now, I'm not saying this player that they're going to sign is a top player, uh, but I've read that one of their, because I know, I don't know how much you know about the international signing process, Jeremy, uh, but apparently he reclassified into a later mm. year. Uh, like their, their big reported signing, uh, who they mm -hmm. were linked to. Uh which, I mean, that people are, you know, even though the window opens up at a certain time, most of these people have, you know, most of the Nats prospects that they have in this system, you know, most international amateurs have agreed to contracts three years before they're even eligible to sign a contract. Right. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's really... When you ha take this and you take the the Schausberg news that broke today, I don't know. It raises eyebrows, I feel like. Right. And, you know, it's always good. Organi organizational structure is important mm -hmm. at all levels. Um, and the Nats have been pretty structurally sound from the front office standpoint for a very long time. I mean, uh, Rizzo is the only GM that the Nats have had that I can remember, at least. No? I mean, I don't know when he got hired, honestly. Uh, he's been with the team since 2006, uh, but he officially took over in 2009, I believe, uh, after uh, there was uh, some scandal with the uh, previous uh, general manager who now writes for The Athletic. Uh, mm. um, regardless, 
you know, we've only had like four manage five, four or five managers. Um, and I think two of those guys just retired. They weren't uh, fired. They just retired. Uh, you know, so organizational structure has been has been pretty good, honestly, for the Nets. Um, I know it's only been like twenty years that they've been in D.C., but pretty solid, you know. Uh, and it's time for a shakeup. You know, this is a new era, and I think it's healthy to kind of clean house a little bit every once in a while, but you have to have the guys to replace them. And I would hope that they wouldn't do this without knowing they have a couple guys that they want to hire, you know? Now, I'm not in these meeting rooms. I don't know. Um, and, I mean, you saw, obviously, we'll get to it in a second, what happened with Steven Strasburg, his presser being delayed. Uh, but, I mean, it's there's no reason to overreact right now, basically, is what I'm trying to, is what my uh, condensed no point is. There's no reason to overreact, basically. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to expand on with you there. I just, you know, it comes at an interesting time. And I know a lot of these, or reportedly, some of these names uh, had just recently been hired within the last two years. So, two years in baseball is not that much time. Uh, where you can't, I don't know if we can necessarily draw meaningful conclusions. Uh, I don't know, everything, all this stuff happening, especially with Rizzo not being extended... It's strange. And so I guess my question for you, Jeremy, is how likely do you think Rizzo getting extended is at this point? Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about this one or two episodes ago. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you said he was linked to the White Sox. You said a friend of his was in the White Sox organization, if I think I remember correctly. Uh, he's family friends with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, who's the owner. Uh, they have since filled their uh, vacancy at general manager from within. I honestly would be shocked if they didn't at least get like a short extension done, you know, to carry them through the transition of getting these young guys up into the, the majors at least, you know. Uh, I briefly mentioned the Harrisburg lineup, but I mean, it's a stacked lineup right now. I'd be shocked if he didn't stay on at least long enough for, you know, those four guys, four or five guys, however many, to make it into the majors at least. Like a two-year type deal. Type well, uh, that's minimum. the issue uh, that's been reported uh, that, you know, he's looking for a similar length that Davey Martinez got, which is two years and a team option. Uh, and the learners don't seem willing to give that to him. It's gonna happen. I, I think it'd be a mistake to let him go, honestly. Especially right now in a crucial transition period. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the time that you want to switch GMs. This is the time where you want to strengthen your guys, and you're saying we're ready. Like, I. We have all these guys that are ready to come up in the next two years. 
this is the transition period where the Nats need to have structure in the front office, in the manager position, in all this stuff. They need to be secure in who those guys are. We've seen in so many different sports of a promising-looking rebuild just blowing up because head coaching or GMs or uh, managerial changes just implode the whole team. Uh, you need that structure, especially in baseball. It's such a long season. You need guys. You need stability. It, I, it'd be a huge mistake for them to let Rizzo go. And I'm not saying Rizzo is the greatest GM there is in the entire world. I'm not saying that he needs to be GM for life and all that stuff. But at least for the next two years, while we build back to being a contender, like all signs are pointing to, you need to have him in there. This is not the time to transition away from him. The time, if you were to move away from him this recently, would have been after he traded everyone away last year or two years ago. That would have been the time, not now. Yeah, no, I, I think I think a Rizzo extension does get done. Uh, but this these moves seem out of character. Well, you also have to think a little bit, you know, uh, new ownership. You know, uh, Ted Lerner died. You got new owners up there. Uh, and I know it's still in the family, but it's a, it's a different person. The different person wants to run the team a little different, you know? And that, that probably honestly is what it is. But just because you want to run the team a little different doesn't mean you tank it to the ground. Yeah. This is where owners can really cross a line, you know? There's bad owners. Bad owners are the ones that are too involved. You know, yeah. a good owner. You can be a good owner and be involved, but you can't be a bad owner without being involved. If that makes sense. Agree and disagree. You could just not give the team any money and just pocket it all. Like, uh certain owners but well that's that's a decision on its own like if you just let the baseball people do the baseball things is what i mean like you step aside and you just watch it like a fan mm. you know okay yeah i see what you're saying now. Okay. like gotcha. if you if the gm comes into your office and is like hey could i have some money and you're like no that's the same thing as saying hey i want you to sign this guy basically mm. it's the same it's not the same but it's still a level of involvement you know mm-hmm so, yeah. sometimes you just need to take a step back. Yeah. All right, and I don't know if that's the situation, but I want to talk Steven about Strasburg. Uh, yeah, so his his press conference got delayed. Tell us a little bit about that. So, as, you know, you just eloquently put, his press conference got delayed. He was supposed to be announcing his retirement today, uh, or not today, uh, this weekend. On Wednesday, on the uh, Junkies 106.7 talk show, Rizzo made an appearance, and he essentially said that for the four years that he's, you know, since he signed that extension, so 2020, 2021, 2022, 
him this year. He will get paid fully. Uh, past that, you know, it depends on what decisions Strasburg makes, right? So, you know, sounds like the Nationals are hoping to get out of some money if Strauss decides to retire, which I don't think Strasburg wants to retire. He physically has to, right? Like, he he can't play baseball anymore. Like, unfortunately, right. that's that's just a fact of the matter. Uh, now there's reports that, you know, this was pushed back uh, and that, the Nationals, uh, according to a report from Britt Garoli, who writes for The Athletic, they were uh, she's a former beat writer for the Nats, now has moved to the more national side. Uh, and she's been the one who's pretty much been the front and center reporter on a lot of uh, the Mass and stuff. If you want some context on like the, her involvement with the Nats, so she still does write about what's going on. Uh, but she said it was the Nationals who approached Strasburg about retiring uh, and paying him the full amount of his contract. Sources briefed on the matter say the team wants to change the terms. Which, you know, they approached him and they were like, you know what, actually, we don't want to pay all that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, I've seen Nats fans on Twitter uh, kind of go and bash uh, Britt and say, you know, let's wait until, like, you know, Jesse from the Washington Post talks about this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't see why Britt would just go and make this up. You yeah, know. no, there's uh, no reason. She she's a pretty well respected reporter. Uh so yeah. Uh I don't know. That's just I I I, I have thoughts, Jeremy. Uh do you do you wanna go first? Give me your thoughts, Hayden. That's a really like that's just not a good thing to do. That's he quite literally gave every ounce of his body for this franchise he earned that contract should have gotten insured if you didn't if you thought this was a possibility and you were just worried about this being a possibility uh that's on you pay him give him all of that and more yeah um when this news came out obviously we had talked or not obviously, but we had talked about it the day, like the day before this idea of him retiring came out, mm-hmm. or we had briefly mentioned it at least. We talked um, about it and like the implications with like the forty man and all that. Right. Um, and my assumption when it came out was they had worked some kind of deal with him to buy out the contract or defer it, you know, however many years into the future they pay him, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I assumed they had worked some kind of deal out, but. If they haven't, there's no reason for him to announce his retirement, honestly. Like, he can just sit there, eat up a roster spot, and get his money. And if they're not going to pay him, that's their fault. Yeah. Uh, that's been an issue with the Nets. I mean, not to the extent of, uh, you know, some other teams, like the Pirates and the A's, just paying players. They've been cheap when it comes to pay out their players. We've seen it. 
uh, obviously they had to choose between Rendon and Strasburg, right? And they chose Strasburg, so that's a little bit of a different situation. But guys like um, Bryce Harper, you know, they didn't want to roll out whatever money it would have cost to pay him. Uh, Juan Soto, to a certain extent, not really, you know, I wouldn't exact. Yeah, they they gave they offered him the contract, but I'm sure there was something in there that he wanted more. He wanted to be the first billion dollar or half a billion dollar player. Um, and to a lesser extent, uh, Ian Desmond in the past they moved on from him. He was a little older at the time, but they just didn't want to pay him. There's plenty of examples like this throughout the Nats' history of them just not wanting to pay their players when the time comes. And as an organization, that's not the reputation that I would want. I'd want to be a reputation, an organization that takes care of my guys. You know, hey, you're here. I, uh, I mean, I would. I'm gonna push back on you a little bit there. They did. They gave Schaffsberg a lot of money. They gave. I understand. They that. gave Zimmerman a lot of money. Uh. Obviously not their player, but I mean they they do, you know, pay premium for dollars for premium free agents. They signed Max Scherzer, they you know they signed Jason Worth. They're, right, but that's like I they go out and they get these free agents, but it's not. It's I I think the, the the Harper setup. situation is completely different. I think you had a really good outfielder. Of the future, you had two outfielders of the future who were both young and dirt cheap. They they thought Victor Robles was the next big thing. They thought you know Juan Soto is the next big thing. They were right about one of them. Uh, and they had a at a meeting there where it's like you know we don't necessarily need to pay Harper all this money. Uh, and then you know unfortunately Strasburg, you know his body gave out on him, and it just economically wasn't viable for them to extend Trey Turner. And it just it made, didn't make baseball sense to extend Trey Turner. And with Juan Soto, they gave him what they thought was the fair deal. He didn't take it. Like, I, I... I I agree with the notion somewhat. Where they don't... You know, they should pay those players those things if they want to be this absolute juggernaut. But at the same time, it's... a a business and it's you know you've got to do what's best for the franchise not what's best for the fans and right paying harper that big contract might not have been what's best for the franchise right it worked out you know we won a world series and i'm not saying that these moves were the wrong moves mm-hmm. i'm just saying there's been a lot of instances where the nats just would rather get a free agent than pay their guys you mm-hmm. know they'd rather go get uh, they'd rather just roll the dice on a prospect. Because, I mean, Juan Soto was not a highly touted prospect when he came up. Victor Robles was the guy, you know? And they were like, Vic- Victor Robles... Juan Soto was still be the- a top 50 prospect in baseball terms. Yeah, but, like, he wasn't... He wasn't, like, the number three prospect in baseball. I mean, he, he was still, like, a really... Like, he was a going to be at least a regular. That, and they thought, you know... Victor Robles was going to be the superstar. Instead, they got Victor Robles as a regular, and they got Juan Soto as the superstar. It, it, you know, like. Right, I know. I understand. <coughs> Excuse me. Right, and I just. It just it feels a lot of times like they don't. 
appreciate what they have, I guess. I don't know. We're getting yeah, off I mean, topic it sucks here. as a fan, Steven, but yes. Steven, yeah. Steven Strasburg, just work something out with him. He's going to be... Right. You don't have to pay it all up front, but work something out with him. You know, this doesn't have to be hard. It really doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. Uh, he's going to be in the Ring of Honor one day, sooner rather than later, hopefully. Oh, yeah, no, they, uh, they already said they were going to retire. I mean, like, the reports all said he, his number's being retired. Like, they're going to honor him. Right, so work something out. Don't sour the relationship. No, you, know? you do not want to sour the relationship, and that's what I'm saying. You got to pay this guy. Yeah. Glad we agree, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> all right mr jeremy i want to talk let's to talk you. about go for it well i mean hey listen I, no. i've been dominating the conversation i was the one who brought both of these topics to you i want you to bring the topic to me let's talk about the last two series real quick okay i don't know if that's where you were going before that but... though jeremy there's something <laughs> i want to talk about uh and that is uh you know, supporting the Nat support. Uh, you know, we've just recently moved to Substack, uh, where, you know, now we're brand new hosting platform, allowing us to do all these fun, amazing new things. Uh, you know, now the morning briefing has actually become a lot easier for me to do in the day. Uh, and, you know, now we're putting out game notes. We're sending out game notes for pretty much every game. Uh, but, you know, we kind of need financial support. You know, it, it costs money to, you know, run these platforms and do all that. Uh, so, you know, right now we're running a little deal where if you use this little URL above us, uh, it's going to be the natsreport.com slash Hayden. I don't know why we used my name, but we did. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, you'll get a 30-day free trial on a year-long membership when you sign up. Uh, right now, a year-long membership is $30, you know, which, you know, Saving some money compared to the monthly uh, subscription, and you can cancel before that free trial is over. Uh, right now, the big benefits for that is you get game notes for every uh, for the, every single Rochester game, every single Fred Nats game, uh, where you get the get you see the pitching matchups beforehand, see any of those storylines, so that way you know what to follow, and then you get the you know see the recap in the briefing the next day. Pretty awesome. Uh, and then the second one. That isn't out yet, but we're working on it, brainstorming it, uh, is member-exclusive uh, discussion pages where, you know, I think right now the big thing we're talking about is game day chats where you get to chat with us, talk about your favorite team while we're watching the game. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, that one, like I said, isn't out quite yet, but we're working on that, on logistics for that. Uh but there will definitely be, outside of that, there's also just going to be member-exclusive discussions in general. So, you know, if you want to talk about talk to, you know, like mine and Nats fans, one, we have just anybody can come and chat with us on Fridays. Uh, you know, you know, sneak peek, because, uh, you know, it's about to drop in nine hours. So, you know, might as well break it now. Uh, we're going to be talking <laughs> about what should the Nats do at first base next year. Uh, so, you know, if you have any thoughts about that, go, you know, chat with us tomorrow about it but yeah no go check it out again it's www.thenatsreport.com slash hayden uh, again i don't know why it's my name but it is yay uh yeah up here uh but yeah 
you know, thanks for uh, supporting us. It means a lot. Yeah, go check it out. It's a really cool service. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's my first ad read as a uh, broadcaster. I'm going to put broadcaster in air quotes because oh I'm not. Big league, big league I'm, I'm, I'm going to big league you now. <laughs> I'm going to big league you on the Triple Threat Show on Saturday. Yeah, go check us out there on the radio. On the radio, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Harrisburg. Yeah. And, yeah. and on or online. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. If we, if we can get it working. We'll get it you. working. Don't worry. I got you. We'll get it working. I got you. Anyway. We're talking last about the series, talked, man. Last time we talked, the Nats were pretty hot. Uh-huh. Um, now, uh, well, they're not. <laughs> they have gone in their last uh, nine games. Or you know what? We'll extend it to ten. They've got a two and eight. Not very good. Last couple series we talked about Blue Jays. They lost that one two to one. Got swept in a four game set against the Marlins. And then they split with the Mets. And we'll talk about uh, that win against the Mets a little bit in, in a second. But we mentioned earlier that. The, the Marlins just have our number. Is there, is there a reason why they just have our number? Or so, is there something I, in particular that the Marlins have on the Nats that that you see that we're that that they're just exploiting, or is I, it just like it's just <laughs> everything goes wrong? I feel like uh, when you looked at a lot of like those umpires report cards, the Nats were kind of on the losing side on a lot of those calls. Uh, on those balls and strike calls, they make a lot of errors. Uh, this series in particular, you really feel uh, the loss of Stone Garrett, where having that extra bat really would have helped. Uh, but, I mean, the Marlins just played better baseball. Uh, a lot of the early matchups, the Nats bullpen kind of imploded this time. They just played much better baseball than the Nats. Uh but, you know, like I said, they'll get them next year. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I really don't know. It's just they genuinely do not play good. They, like, this series against the Marlins was terrible. It really was. Like, I, I saw, I think, Vargas, I don't know how many errors he made in that series, but, you know, not to single him out. But it, it felt like every game he made an error. I'm looking now. But it, it. It just wasn't good baseball. Yeah. Abrams made an error in game one. Yeah, I think Abrams had like a weird stretch of errors too, where he was making a bunch of errors in this series as well. I, I'm just, I'm really at a loss of words for kind of that series. Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong, but it feels like everything went wrong. Yeah, no, it hasn't been. Uh, it hasn't been very good against the Marlins, uh, for whatever reason. And I just wasn't sure if you saw some kind of, some kind of insight or not. No, but... I mean, part of it too is just like <sighs> starting pitchers are like tired, man. Gray hasn't been himself the second half. His walk, like his hard contact, was the thing that he was limiting in the first half, uh, and he's just giving up so much hard contact. 
uh, that and the walks really just blew up on him, where he's just walking way too many guys. Uh, and the stuff isn't looking as good. The same thing with Mackenzie Gore. Uh, Trevor Williams had a couple good starts, but he's didn't look good. He went back to old Trevor Williams. Patrick Corbin. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jake Irvin's genuinely like the the most consistent pitcher, and I think the best pitcher in this rotation right now. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you. I, that's a hot take of mine. I don't know if you. I I wouldn't go that far. Um, I, McKenzie I think... Gore's still been like he, we talk. He's inconsistent, but when he's on, he's just so good. Like even in this back half, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still think. Now that's not to de- discredit uh, Irvin at all, but because he's he's been solid mm-hmm. basically all season, uh, other than you know like the two starts before his start got skipped that one time, he's been really solid. Yeah, no, he's been. I, I think he's. I mean, I, you might not say he's the best, but he's the most consistent pitcher. Yes. No, I will absolutely say that. Yeah. He's by far correct. the most consistent pitcher. I think he's right now is the best guy that we have. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, and then big story coming out of this. Obviously, you talked about the loss of Stone Garrett, but we've had a couple guys uh, come up and do some stuff. Be be uh, do some stuff was really descriptive, but you know, come up and and make some impact. You know, Travis Blankethorn has been. Pr- He's been good. He, I mean, he was good in the minors. He was good in AAA last year. Uh, he kind of never just got run in the majors. Uh, he he came up the in the Miami series and provided some offense. It's a small sample size, but he's hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, again, he's only been here for like five games or so, but you know, nice little, nice little jolt a little bit. And then the big story recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Young, he has been incredible. He, he's made at least three highlight defensive plays that I've seen over this stretch. Mm-hmm. And also, he of course had the walk-off hit against the Mets in the last game that the Nats played today. Um, I know you wanted to talk about him, so go for it. Tell, tell me more about this man. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Young's just been really good uh (laughs) that walk off it's a shame because that was probably one of the more fun moments you know for the nationals i think i think the jeter downs walk off surpasses it but this is close it's probably top five nats moment Mm. i mean just jacob young this month has been a top five nationals moment this year (laughs) uh and to kind of get overshadowed by the stuff we talked about in this first half. Because, I mean, we could dedicate this entire episode to Jacob Young. Uh, he's been, he's really, been really good. good. He, <laughs> I mean, just to contextualize what he's done this year. I just, he, he started the season in A-ball, dude. Like, <laughs> he started the year in A-ball. And he's in the majors. And he's making highlight plays and walking off the New York Mets in 2023. If you told me the Nationals and the Mets 
had nearly identical records in September, and a guy that started the year in high A ball walked off the Mets in September. I, I wouldn't believe you, but here we are. Jacob Young's just doing it. This guy is a beast. He's already receiving positive defensive grades in center field, which no surprise there. Really. Yeah, obviously, he's uh, he's been incredible on defense, and that's he's honestly, been we, a plus base runner too. He's been above league average offensively. I, you know what, Jeremy? I'm gonna look it up. You you talk about what you want to talk about. I mean, you you t- we talk about the walk offs, and that was an incredible moment. You know, the Nats had been quite they had, they had lost like five in a row or something heading into that game and then they come from behind here and they deliver that dagger there in the ninth that was incredible or not the ninth the 10th i think doesn't matter they deliver that the the walk off there it was it's incredible moment there but we the the defense i it was like at least once a game during this stretch even when they were losing where it's been like he makes an incredible diving catch right and that impacts that, that's huge. You talk about energy in a dugout. Those are the types of plays that are going to keep the guys energized and in it, especially from a guy like him. You talked about him coming all the way up from single A this season. It's just been yeah. – he's been so good. He's been like a sensation up here. Yeah, okay. So, Jeremy, I have the stat. I love the stat. Give me the stat. If you had to guess, how many – where in the – you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not going to make you guess. That's not fair to you. Uh, let me double count just to make sure I can do math still. Jacob Young has been in the uh, – now i got to count again. Dang it. Bro. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. The eighth most productive position player for the Nationals this year. Are He's been serious? here for 11 games. That's insane. You want to hear some of the names <laughs> he's ahead of? Yeah, I do. Corey Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Luis Garcia, mm-hmm. Ildemaro Vargas, mm-hmm. Joey Manessis, mm-hmm. Kyber Ruiz, mm-hmm. Dom Smith, mm-hmm. Jake Alou. Mm-hmm. Those are just some of the names, right? That's like a whole starting lineup. That is literally like the whole <laughs> starting lineup. Uh, do you want to hear some of the funny names ahead of him? I do. Uh... There's just one. Uh, Victor Robles. <laughs> Victor Robles. Victor Robles. This Victor, was Victor Robles, Robles comeback is, player of the year. Victor season. Robles is the fifth most valuable player, or tied <laughs> for fifth most valuable player by F WAR for the Nationals. Like it was, it was Victor Robles' uh, sepoy season this year. He just like, got cut short by injury. It, it, like. <laughs> That's just absurd that Alex Call and Victor Robles have the same F4. That is really crazy. Yeah. Good for Vic. Good for Vic. We yeah. love that. We love that for him. Uh, <laughs> and yes, just so you know, uh, Heimer Candelario is still first place for the Nationals. Well, of course. Heads, heads and shoulders above second, I assume. Point two F4. Which you much. can make that up for the rest of the season. Uh, Lane Thomas uh, just behind him. Uh, and then third place is nowhere near him. Mm. CJ. I'll catch up. Yeah, 
he he needs to heat up again. He's been kind of cold lately. Yeah, I don't know. It's been pretty good. Uh, but yeah, you want to quick, you know, I mean, we've we've been here for almost, you know, we've been here for 45 minutes now, Jeremy. Uh, it's true. I don't want to keep you for too long. Uh, Why? I got nothing else to do. I'm here talking baseball. Okay, we can keep talking baseball. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just going to, you know, briefly talk about this, this Dodger series. Uh, some expectations we have. Uh, there is news. More news. We have so much news to talk about today. News. Luis Garcia is going to be joining the team uh, in this series against the Dodgers. Woo! Uh, you know, we're, again, we're going back to that Junkies interview of Rizzo. <laughs> uh, he's improved his prep work, uh, both in the weight room and in the video room. Uh, he's actually lost a few pounds. So, you know. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, you know, we're hoping maybe, you know, we're getting a little bit more athletic. Luis Garcia. You know, back to that gold glove second base defense that he's flashed. Because I think, I mean, in all honesty, Luis Garcia does not need to hit all that amazingly to be a valuable big league second baseman. I mean, we've talked about it. Like, even If he before, can flirt with hitting 300 and play good defense, he's good. Are, are you saying that what we've had this season was not athletic Luis Garcia? I'm just saying, Luis Garcia because is putting up I, his one of his worst seasons defensively at second base. And I understand that, right? I do. But his range is so impressive. That's just always been something that stood out to me about him. He gets to balls that he, he probably shouldn't be able to get to. Make the he doesn't make the throw. He doesn't he make the throw makes, after like, he gets to him. So there's a fun thread on Twitter. Uh, Mike Pietriello, uh, who does a lot of like the stat cast stuff, and he sees behind the curtain a little bit more uh, for MLB, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, I don't know how much he pays attention to the national baseball, what's going on. Bobby Wood Jr. went from one of the worst defenders at shortstop in all of baseball to, like, gonna, he's going to win the gold glove this year. Uh, and literally the only change that Bobby Wood Jr. made was he just started making the plays, like the easy plays. And I think right. that's what the issue we're running into with Garcia is he's just not making those easy plays anymore. Mm-hmm. And if he just starts making those easy plays, he's because he makes those highlight reel plays all the time. I know. Uh, I know. Just, and he it's doesn't so impressive. make the easy plays, and that's the, that's the frustrating part. And, and I know this isn't true, but off the top of my head, just because I watch the Nats a lot, he's got the – biggest range on a second baseman that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. And I know that there's other second basemen in the league that probably have bigger range scores than him or whatever metric that is. But just on a night-to-night basis, he can he when he was out there, his range, like it would always astonish me that he could get to balls. He wouldn't finish the play like half the time, but he would get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really impressive about yeah. him and if that if that wasn't the athletic version of him he, he'll be able to cover the entire side by himself if he if, if that wasn't the athletic version <laughs> yeah no i i i don't know man uh he's just had a weird year man i i i hope he comes back and he rakes uh just because i mean listen man luis garcia 
and Carter Keeboom in the same infield together. You're, Who needs a shortstop or a first base? 2019 <laughs> Hayden is a stat right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Both these guys raking, and, you know, they're both just doing well. I, 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 you know, that, that makes 2019 Hayden very happy. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, but good. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Maybe uh, this Dodger series. Yeah. This Dodger series. Nice little, uh, nice little, uh, is it a two-game set? Am I reading that right? Three. Three? Okay. No, it was the Mets that were the two-game set. That's yes, right. sir. Uh, three-game set against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a very good baseball team. Uh, I'll just, yeah. The Dodgers are a very good baseball team. Yeah, so, I mean they have two of the MVP frontliners on their team. That'll so yeah, I'm, we're not gonna we're not gonna have our hopes uh too high for game results in this. But I want to see, you know, some some guys just have good series because I don't expect I honestly I expect the Nats to get swept in this. Mm-hmm. Right, but guys, we were talking about those young guys, uh, Jacob Young. Keep hitting. Keep making those plays in the field. Uh, C.J. Abrams, keep doing what you're doing at the top of that lineup. You know, uh, if Luis Garcia gets any action in this series, I'm not sure what the rosters, what the the lineup's gonna look like. But if he gets any uh, playing time, let's let's He'll just start making. Jake Alou. Jake Alou's out fine. of the lineup. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Carter Kibu. You know, he's splitting time with Vargas at third base there. But I just I want to see some good series a good series out of these guys. I don't expect them to win games. Yeah. And that's not the standard I want to hold them to. But I want to see these these guys have positive series. They don't need to blow me away. I just want them to have positive series. That's that's my my outlook heading into this this uh this this series. Yeah. Uh there's a fun pitching matchup. Uh, Trevor Williams and Clayton Kershaw. Uh, now, that doesn't seem intriguing at first. Uh, but Trevor, or not Trevor Williams, Clayton Kershaw is working back from a shoulder injury. Uh, he's not topping 90. And uh, Trevor Williams isn't top 90. That's just really fun. Just, just really fun. <laughs> uh and I just, you know, want to watch some slow pitch baseball. Uh, I like how we're calling that slow pitch baseball. 89. Uh, only 89. Only 89 miles an hour. Yeah, that's nothing, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, I, I think that'll be funny a little bit. There's also, you know, some. There's another connection there, but we we won't we won't go there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I do have one more thing that I forgot to talk about with Jacob. Mm-hmm. If you want to quick talk about that, you know, appease Absolutely. me a little bit. Uh, Davey, in his head, you know, you know, big brain over here, thinking about everything, thinking about all the possibilities, all seven million uh, outcomes or whatever was the thing from Avengers. Uh, Jacob Young, C.J. Abrams, Lane Thomas, 
top of that lineup. What do you think? Jacob Young, C.J. Abrams, Lane Thomas. That's the top of that lineup. <sighs> I liked the idea of it, but C.J. Abrams has just been so electric in that one hole, that, that leadoff role, you know, that I don't really want to move him out of it. Yeah, I mean, which, by the way, congrats, CJ. Uh, you, you stole 40 bases. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, that's, like, a lot of bases. Uh, not very good at math, but I think 40 is a high number. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, like, 90% of those are after the All-Star break, too. So, like... <laughs> Next year, he's going to steal 100. And, like, not I mean, honestly, though, like, he's stealing at least... He's stealing, like, a base a game, almost. He had like ten steals heading into the All Star break or something. Fine. Let me look, let me pull it up for you, dude. Splits. Okay, uh, because at one point he stole like twenty seven in a row, and he wasn't even at he wasn't even at like thirty or something in, like in that. In the first half, he had stolen fourteen. In the second half, he's stolen twenty six so far, uh, with you know, pretty good stretch of games still to go. Uh, I would be shocked if he topped thirty five in the second half. Uh, Take that for what you I don't. I don't know, man. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think <laughs> it is pretty crazy. Uh, it is fun though, you know, rewarding a player like that for you know how he's performed, uh, especially because you know performed really well when he was in that leadoff spot. Uh, but Jacob Young is just one of those types of players where wherever you put him, that guy's gonna hit. And I don't want to. I don't want to bury him in the nine hole either. You know. That's I, I okay. think that's fine. I think that's. Fine. But like, he, the nine hole is a good spot for him. He sets the table well for those guys at the top. Uh, and he's fast. Very I like nice. a speedy guy at nine. I really do. Yeah. I love me some speedy boys on my baseball team. Yeah. Uh, if I had a team of of all of all speedy guys, I'd be happy. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough to beat, you know. Yeah. Pops, pops, great and all, but you know, if you're a big leaguer, you probably have a li at least a little bit of pop. But Speedy if you guys. can leg out, but if you if you can leg out uh, a swinging bunt like fifty percent of the time, uh -huh. that's dangerous. You so know, then those then those bloop singles begin to fall because. <laughs> uh, so what I'm hearing is you want the 2015 Royals. I do. They won a World Series. Yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> That's, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you there. They did win a World Series. Uh, now, I'm not saying I don't want some pop in my lineup. I love me some pop. But you give me nine speedy guys or eight speedy guys and a power man, we're cooking. Eight speedy guys. <laughs> And one power guy. <laughs> yeah. where, where, where in the lineup are you hitting the power guy, by the way? Four or five. Four or five. Hit him lead off. No. No. You put him at four or five so that once out of every, uh, like, ten times he gets up to the plate, he's hitting uh, a home run with uh, at least one guy on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Or they just walk the the power guy because you know they just they they'd rather face the speedy guy. It's fine with me. That's what the speedy guys are for. For 
think you're poison. <laughs> okay, Jeremy. I think I think we've been here long enough. Uh, we're we're losing our minds. Uh, uh any thoughts on the Dodgers series before we uh say goodbye? No, uh, I have no thoughts. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna lose. Uh, which sucks, but you know what? That's fine. Uh, that's what baseball is. You lose sometimes. Uh, hopefully they can go ahead and just uh battle next time. Who you know what? We're gonna do this differently. I will talk to you later about this. Okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, we're all good. Got everything? Well, I was I was gonna ask you who's your who's your. Well, who's you know what? I had a better series? idea. Since we're doing this once, a, we're doing this twice a week, and one for the one of those is on Sunday. Uh huh. Why don't we just do Nat of the Week on Sunday, and then this Thursday show will be our little check-in on that guy. Okay. Week. A little, little more structured. Okay. Sunday's but the I, start think, of I think the week. I think we pick a guy still, and then we start that starting Sunday. Cool. Okay. Awesome. That was the question I was gonna ask you, and then I thought yeah. of that. I was like, "Yeah, like I like yeah. that a little more." Can I? Can I? Uh, <laughs> can I go first? Yeah, go for it. Luis Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. 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 Luis Garcia. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I want the easy one. Sorry. You I'm want the easy one? I'm gonna make you think. I I don't need to think. Uh huh. I want Travis Blankenhorn. I want to. I want to see him. I don't know if he's gonna get a lot of playing time, but I want to see him hit the ball a little bit. Uh, oh, I closed it already. I don't know who the pitching matchups are. Uh, I know Emmett Sheehan. Uh, he's not gonna play against Kershaw. Uh, who's the starter on Saturday? Bobby Miller. Yeah, he'll play. He'll play the first two games. Yeah. Cool. And they haven't announced a starter on Sunday. So, uh, Trevor Williams and Kershaw. No, I meant for the other team. The Kershaw. Kershaw? Oh, it's not an ESPN. He's yet. the projected starter. Mm. It's not announced. I'm just going off Fangraphs there, pal. Yep, that's fair. All right, cool. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for uh, for tuning in to this Thursday episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts. Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Remember to go check out uh, Nats Report Plus. Go check that out. The NatsReport.com slash Hayden. Like I said, 30 day free trial on that one year subscription. So check it out. Come chat with us. Yeah. I want to talk to you. Uh, anyway, check that out. Check us out. We release all our episodes uh, past, future, present on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the other uh, uh, podcast places. Go check us out there. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We will see you on Sunday. Uh, See you Sunday.